Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. In this episode, our season two finale, we're continuing our series on mothers in politics. Today, we have part two of our interview with Arkansas City Councilwoman Gayatri Agnew about what she knows now that she wishes she knew then, her goals for her time in office, and why she thinks you should join her. Hey, Lise. Hey, Lon. So part one of this interview was full of great insider info. And part two, I think, is even better. You know, it's a really great way to end our second season, right? It sure is. I totally agree. You know, our longtime listeners know this, but just to recap, Lonre and I started our ongoing series, Mothers in Politics, because we wanted to show that running for office is both achievable and critical. We've said it before, but this issue is important to us as physicians because so much legislation affects public health, not just during a pandemic, as we've all seen during COVID-19, but also in terms of laws surrounding lots of things that affect each one of us, things like health insurance coverage, pre-existing conditions, access to rehab and other specialty services, early intervention programs for children, and parental leave. That's right. And now, as we said in episode 34, we've interviewed Representative Kim Schreier at the national level in episode 24, Senator Michelle Au at the state level in episode 22. But the reality is that the local level is not only where the most concrete legislative change can be made, but it's also where most people entering politics will get their start. So for those reasons, we're devoting not one, but two episodes to a discussion with someone who made the decision to pursue a local elected position and one, in the hope that her story will inspire one or more of you listening right now. So if you haven't heard part one of this interview yet, go back and check out episode 34 now. But if you're ready for part two, settle in for the rest of the chat. As a former Clinton fellow with the American India Foundation, with a corporate background as a senior director of giving at Walmart, and as a current presidential leadership scholar and national board member of the Vote Mama Foundation and Path Forward, she was elected to the Bentonville, Arkansas City Council in December 2020. We're happy to rejoin our conversation with City Councilwoman Gayatri Agnew. And in, in part of um, like demystifying, I think the role is giving people a sense of what to expect. So for yourself, are there things that you didn't know before you came into this role that you know now and things that you wish that you knew beforehand? Um, what I always come back to is, um, you know, the only thing we really know is how much we don't know. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I lean heavily on um, the, the value of and practice of curiosity and learning and listening. 
Um, and so I did not run for city council because I have a background in development, because I understand wastewater or utility issues. I ran because I care about and am concerned about the community. And so, you know, I think the majority of people who choose to prioritize time on elected bodies like that often have much more specific experience in what they govern, right? So they were a developer or maybe even still are, right? Um, and I see the logic in that, but I think that's why it makes it so valuable for people who are just curious about helping to govern the community around them to step up and engage. So, um, you know, I think what I, what I didn't know when I got elected, um, there's a lot I didn't know, but I think the biggest one is, um, just how available all of the information is about our community and our city, if mm. that makes sense. Like, um, it mm. feels like a big mystery, but every meeting we have is open to the public. Every conversation I have with a fellow councilman is legally required to be open to the public. So I can't call mm. a colleague on city council and say, hey, what do you think about that new park they want to put in? That is illegal for me to do because mm. we are having a dialogue about something that affects the whole public. And we have to have that dialogue in public, which is kind of a beautiful thing. Um, it, can, yeah. it can be frustrating from a, from a like <laughs> effectiveness <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, I think that before I got elected, I didn't necessarily wear my citizen hat as well as I, I could. Right. I, I wish I had gone to more city council meetings. I had been to several, but I just wish I had observed more and been a bit more engaged prior to serving. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I think that's the number one thing I would recommend to anyone who's thinking about running, especially for local office. Um, and even maybe more so in times of COVID, a lot of these meetings have gone online. And so it's mm -hmm. a very low lift mm -hmm. to just dial in and listen to your school board. Like if you're, if you even have like an inkling of like, I might want to be on the school board one day, just listen and hear what they're talking about. Right. And so I think it, it, it shouldn't be, it doesn't need to be a mystery. You don't need to sit there wondering, mm -hmm. gosh, I wonder what they work on. I wonder what they do. All of it's public. The agendas are public. The reading packets are public. I'll share mind with anyone who wants it. It's, it's fun. It's fun reading. But so I think we, we, um, because of the inherent sort of power structure that's put around elected bodies, we tend to make assumptions that that information is, is not available to everyone. When in fact, the beauty of our American democracy is it is totally freely available to everyone. Um, so that's that hopefully that makes sense. No, it really does. As a, as a private citizen, I find that message to be very encouraging because you're right. I think that uh, there's, there is a certain mystique, I guess, about the whole process. And that's part of the reason that Lonry and I wanted to do this series. And so we really appreciate that message because you're right. I think we could all afford to be a little bit more engaged. <laughs> well, and, you know, one of the things I've noticed is um, citizens won't reach out unless they feel confident that um, they have a high level of knowledge in what they're going to mm. say. 
And that's just ridiculous. Like your mm-hmm. elected officials are there to help you gain that knowledge. So, you know, I appreciate any kinds of constituent correspondence, but my particular favorites are one, like I got a note from a gentleman the other day and a young man, I think he's actually a student at the University of Arkansas, but lives up here in Bentonville. And he was like, um, Councilman Agnew, I'm just curious what the council's doing to work on sustainability. beautiful question, right? Like he didn't have to have a solution for me. He didn't have to be advocating Mm -hmm. for anything. Um, But his question prompted me. I've, I've asked that question as well. I have some things around environmental sustainability that I am working on, but having his question come to me um, helps me know that that is something that constituents and citizens in Bentonville care about. So it's, right. it, it should be this two-way dialogue, this constant two-way dialogue. And if ever you are concerned or curious about something, shoot a note to a local elected official, especially city council and school board. They're used to hearing from citizens. They, they're actually like sitting around waiting to, if I, if I'm, (laughs) if I'm being honest as a political nerd and local elected official, we are sitting around waiting to hear from you. Um, and every single one of those emails matters. And more often than not, they're read by the elected official. We have no staff, um, in, in Bentonville city council. Um, and I read all those emails. Um, some of them are a little out there and some people don't like that I'm serving and that's okay. Um, I read those too, but, um, citizen correspondence is really powerful. And I think, I think you, when you think of like writing a letter to President Biden, you maybe wonder whether it matters. And, you know, someone will read it and it does matter. But I'll tell you what, writing an email to a local elected official, they'll read mm-hmm. every word and they'll think about mm-hmm. it and they'll write you back. And, you know, it's that's the beautiful part of our democracy. Yeah, that's so true. Gosh, you're inspiring me to write some letters. My local local elected officials may not be so happy with you. (laughs) No, but I think it's a fantastic message. It's one we all need to hear. And as you know, Lamri and I, you know, this podcast is a medical podcast. But the reason we feel very strongly about encouraging regular people to run for office is because so much of healthcare and the delivery of healthcare and access to healthcare is affected by legislation at all three levels. So why, for you, would you say it's important for a regular person to run for office? What, What would you say to someone that was thinking about it? So I think the number one thing is the reason there is so much mystique around politics um, is because it's a it's a it's about power Um, Mm -hmm. and running for office and, and getting elected is breaking down historic and traditional power structures. And I think of myself as a broker of information. So my role as a councilwoman is to help to govern our city and to make hard decisions. But my biggest role is to make sure as many citizens have access to the same information I have so their voice can be heard in the process. And I think that when we leave governing to, I'll say, either professional politicians or to folks who've made a career out of aspects um, of what government regulates or oversees or does, we suggest that you have to have a unique skill set to do it. When in fact, what government Mm. is, is a representation of the people. So if it's all made up of a certain kind of people, then it isn't that at all. Um, and and so I just think, you know, when people ask me like, what do I, what do I need to do to run or what, what experience, what experience do I have to have to run? Um, what I, what I will answer is, um, the ability to listen, the ability Mm -hmm. to listen and to pay attention. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. 
because if you're able to talk to your friends and your neighbors um, and understand some of the challenges they're facing, the concerns that they have, the worries they have, the hopes that they have, you are qualified to run and to serve for office. Um, and and that's that's almost everyone. I you know I think I think there's some folks who don't pride themselves on their skill of listening, and that maybe wouldn't be the best career choice for them or or public service option for them. But um, I, I don't think there's anyone who can't bring value to how they might serve, especially in local office. I think that's such an important point. I mean, first the the point that you made around just the need for the elected body to look like the people that they're representing. Mm-hmm. We need to have that diversity there. So important. Um, and then in terms of skills, I, that's, that's also very encouraging. I think for people who consider themselves to be regular people who didn't grow up in a political family and I don't need a certain, you know, like genetic tree to, um, to run for office. And even as far as skills go, um, you, you mentioned having good listening skills as probably the most important or maybe that's sort of on your short list, right? Are there, are there though other skills that you would think are pretty vital for someone to be a successful political candidate? Yeah, I think there's a handful. I think the number one skill that you need to serve in public office today in America is to be able to separate your personal self, um, from the, mm-hmm. um, from the, po- from the political, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have absolutely gotten letters that I could not read to my children. I have absolutely had things said to me mm. or about me that are just, you know, again, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old are things I would never allow my kids to say. Um, and that's not about me. Um, and and you, you, you have to be able to draw that boundary. And the first couple mm. times that happened to me, I was like, uh, you know, I was I was hurt. My feelings yeah. were hurt, and I was sad. Um, but I think I have been able to build a muscle that just I, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm teaching myself to recognize that that is not in my control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm able to sort of build those boundaries um, and create that sense of working hard at the things I believe are important for my community and just not taking personally the critiques that may come my way because of it. The skill is to be able to separate the personal and the professional. But I want to be really clear that like a lot of folks I talk to about running for office will say, I'm not good at doing that. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing, ladies, especially ladies, but everyone, you are capable of doing that. You just don't want to because it's hard. So Mm -hmm. be brave, suck it up and do it anyway. So I think disassociating that that's like the people who are really good at that, I, I question a little bit, right? Like, why are you, why are you really good at that? And so like, I, you have to teach yourself how to do it, but you don't have to be good at it to run. Does that make sense? Like, that's yeah, really that's important to me because I think people shy away and worry that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of public exposure in running for office. My age was printed in the paper all the time. And like one of my colleagues in a meeting randomly was like, oh, I didn't know you were 38 years old. And I was like, wow, thanks. Thanks for pointing that out to me. So you just, there is a, there's a certain level of privacy that you are giving away when you Mm -hmm. decide to run. That's, that's real. And there's nothing you can do about that, but I'll, I promise you it's worth it. Um, I think the other skill is just patience all around. Patience mostly with yourself, but also patience with the political process. Mm-hmm. Government does not happen quickly. 
That is not the design of government. It happens methodically and it happens over time. And I'm a firm, firm believer that the presence of a new voice can affect positive change in government. But it's not like in my very first council meeting, things were different because I was there. (laughs) Right. And so I also think we just have to be realistic um, about how American government and American democracy works. And it's a slow, steady climb. Um, But it does matter. Never doubt for a second that it matters tremendously. So um, I think people who who are driven by wanting to have a sense of purpose should run for office. Um, It's a good way to fulfill that. And so, you know, you mentioned that like, yeah, your first your first city council meeting, you know, things were going on. It wasn't like you were like, hello, world, I'm here and everything was different. But you're there for four years. So what are your, you know, things will change incrementally, gradually, as you said. And what are your personal goals for your term in office? Oh, I love that question. Um, I, I have a, a lot of them. I have a, sp- I have a spreadsheet of, <laughs> of goals. And we actually just accomplished one the other day, last, oh, last week at our council meeting. Yeah, we have a, um, we have a really cool community um, building called the 8th Street Market. And it's a collection of shops and breweries, restaurants. Um, and we just approved an ordinance that allows that space. It's about the equivalent of like two city blocks combined together to become what's called an entertainment district so you can freely move within the boundaries of that district with a beverage so you can go mm. from the brewery to the Mexican restaurant and you can get your tacos and um, and that sounds just sort of simple, but it's it's a quality of life. It's good yeah. for business. It's good for the businesses in that area. And it's, you know, um, just less than a decade ago, the county that I live in was actually a dry county. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big deal to be able to successfully pass an ordinance like that. And it was as a result of the leadership of a number of folks in the community, especially our mayor. It wasn't mine, but because I was on council, I was able to help pass it. Right. So, you know, I think my biggest goal for my four years on council Council is that people will say that I listened to them. People will say that I helped them understand government and people will say that I was a collaborative leader. That isn't a specific thing I want to get done, but that is how I want and seek to lead. Um, and then in terms of specific priorities, we, we, as I mentioned earlier, have an affordable housing crisis in Bentonville, Arkansas. We do have a relatively low cost of living compared to places like DC or Silicon Valley, but we've our, our housing prices have skyrocketed in the last five or six years and it's pricing out our police officers and our teachers and our baristas and our you know line cooks from living in the communities where they serve and they work and that's a problem for community mm-hmm. cohesion um, and so most important issue for me to try to figure out a way to support through council is to tackle our housing crisis and to address affordable housing issues um, I think the second most important thing is I mentioned our pace of growth, that we've grown more than 50% in just 10 years. Um, and when you grow that fast, you have a lot of development um, challenges, particularly related to how we preserve the beauty of our natural environment while also putting up that many buildings and that many roads. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that the growth is smart and integrated with our natural landscape in this region is incredibly important. So I hope that 10 years from now or five years from now, people say that the development that has occurred has improved the quality of life of life here, not limited it, even if it means we have many more people that are living here. And that that is squarely in the zoning and development decisions that the council makes. So that that sort of smart approach to growth Mm -hmm. is a huge priority for me. Um, And then finally, transparency. 
I just, I love when people discover something about their government, learn something about their government, engage with their government. Um, so we've done a lot of work to make the budget a more transparent process. Um, Bentonville's city code was recently put online, you know, for probably many large cities, you're like, wait, it was just put online. But, you know, like I said, Bentonville's been growing rapidly. And prior to 2010, there was only 20,000, 25,000 people in Bentonville. And so, no, our city code wasn't digital and it wasn't online. Mm-hmm. Um, that really limits how much citizens can engage with and learn about the, the ordinances, the laws sure. of our of our city. So um, those are those are some of the kinds of things I'm focused on. Um and uh, yeah, if I, when I first got elected, four years sounded like a long time, um, but now it's you know it's been over over um, eight months, and I'm like it's just ticking away. Right, so, right. Well, we look forward to checking back with you. We're sure we're sure you'll accomplish accomplish all that and more. So that's exciting. And then you know that's that's your term, right? The immediate four years that we're in. But what are your long term goals? Do you have other political aspirations? Maybe. You know, I um, it was interesting. I I spent most of my um, early career out in Seattle, Washington, and I worked for a former governor of the state of Washington, Christine Gregoire, who's a, a mentor and an incredible female leader. A leader, she how happens to be female. Um, and when I was in Washington, I was very involved in politics. When my family and I moved here to Arkansas, I actually thought that I was leaving the opportunity to engage in politics behind. And I, I was super wrong about that, right? Mm. Um, so I don't know what the future of Arkansas politics holds, and I don't know what the right role for me is in that. But as long as I can be effective and make a difference and help my community, um, you know, you might see a future senator from the great state of Arkansas. That's so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what is needed, and I will rise to the occasion. But, <laughs> but for now, I am having a great time on city council. Oh, fantastic. That's We love to hear that, and we will be cheering you on. <laughs> We're grateful for your service and the service of all of those like you in other city, council, uh, city councils and local elected positions around the country because really – as we said, I mean, you are the engine, so we're very grateful because we we love our trash pickup and recycling and roads and all those things, our libraries. So thank you so much, Councilwoman Agnew, for joining us today. We're just grateful that you shared with us your journey and hopeful that some of our listeners might be inspired uh, to, to look into it some more and, and think about maybe making a similar journey themselves. I love that. And and Lisa, I do have um I do have one favor to ask of of you guys and any of your listeners related to this and that the last year in particular, but the last couple months as we're preparing to open schools or have already opened schools in a number of regions have been particularly exhausting for anyone on a school board. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I would actually just challenge all of the listeners to take a quick second and send an email to a school board member who has advocated to keep your kids safe um, and to keep your kids masked if that's been an issue in your community. Um, those elected officials are really tired and really worn down. And you have no idea how much a note that just, you don't have to write a long flowery sentence, just let them know you have kids in the district and that you appreciate what they've done to help keep those kids safe because it's a, it's a hard time to be serving on a school board. Oh, what a great suggestion. Yes, we back that up 100% as physicians, lawn raise a pediatrician. So yes, thank you. Great idea. And please, everyone, we encourage you to do that. So thanks so much. And we look forward to watching your career. You guys are the best. It's so nice to meet you both. 
Thank you so much to Councilwoman Gayatri Agnew for joining us and for sharing her insider wisdom. If you're inspired to see how you could make a difference in politics, visit our show notes at HippocraticHost.com. And thanks so much to all of you for sharing in our season two finale. We are so grateful for your support and enthusiasm. We can't believe that it's been two seasons and 35 episodes. Amazing. (laughs) I know, it really is. We will be back in January, so make sure to subscribe. And remember, that's always free so that you'll be notified when season three drops. Until then, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at Hippocratic Hosts to keep up with all the latest. As always, we love it if you review us on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about the show. Thank you, friends. Nothing means more to podcasters than listeners. (laughs) Roger that. See you all in January. Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice, nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.